What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Darks Golf Pod. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. Scotty Scheffler ran away with it. He gave you enough time to even watch Selection Sunday if you wanted to watch both of those. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a crazy week. Um, one stat about Scotty Scheffler that kind of blew me away. He lost strokes on the greens throughout the entire tournament and was like nine shots ahead of 10th place. It's crazy. He did. He lost strokes on the greens, uh, but I think he gained... Oh, I looked at the stats just a little while ago. It was like almost 15 strokes ball striking was what he was what that's he made pretty good for it. So that's all it takes. I mean, if you're if you're gonna go even putting almost and then and then gain 15 strokes ball striking, you're gonna probably win a couple of tournaments, you know, just yeah, here or there. Just in theory. Uh it was a pretty great leaderboard, in my personal opinion, at least in terms of the names kind of up top. You know, you had, you had Scotty, you had Terrell Hatton, you had Victor Hovland, you had Morikawa, you had Sungjae. Homa. Homa. Um, the, Fowler. Um, Fowler, thank you. I know I know. there's more. I'm sure I'm missing some people. Um, some people are screaming at me saying a main name. But those were the big ones that stuck out. You also had some interesting ones in terms of like Cam Davis and Minwoo Lee. I think by all intents and purposes were big surprises to be that high up on the leaderboard. Uh, what was your kind of big surprise of the week? Either a guy that missed a cut that shouldn't have, or a guy that maybe snuck up on the leaderboard that was a shocker for you. Well, I think the big one that a lot of people are going to look for us to talk about outside of Rom, because his was illness is Roy McIlroy. I know we'll get into it in a little bit. He was blaming something on the driver. Not a great look for Taylor man, because I think that's the second or third tour player that's come out and had trouble with the new Taylor made stealth too. I'm not sure what model I'm sure he's using the plus. Yeah. Um, him, I think Colin Morikawa both went back to the Sim model series because they think it's a little bit more forgiveness and a little bit more distance gained. Um, honestly, not a not a great look for them. Keegan Bradley missed the cut. He was another bigger name that missed it. Um, yeah. It was just an interesting week because you also take a look at Fitzpatrick missed it one shot. Um, there were big names out there too. So it was just an interesting tournament. If if you weren't in the cut. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at Rahm and Rory and automatically take away about 40% of lineups in, on, on DFS sides because they had at least one of them, if not both of them, you know, it really starts to tank down on lineups. Um, so if you manage to avoid both of them, generally speaking, I'm assuming you you probably made a little bit of money this week, especially if you pick Scotty out of out of the, the Rahm, Rory, Scotty grouping kind of up there. Uh, you're you're looking a lot brighter than everybody else right now, that's for sure. Uh, but you could also have avoided them and still made some money in general, just between all all three of the guys up top. Uh, yeah, Rory was a tough one for me. I had him on FanDuel. That was kind of my big miss. Um, outside of that, I I didn't really have too many too many headaches this week in my on my end at least. I guess the Aussies kind of screwed me. You know, uh, yeah, surprisingly has had. Yeah. probably the, the biggest trajectory of any player outside of the core PGA tour golfers. Cause he technically does not have his PGA tour card. He's playing on all exemptions. He needed a tied for fourth finish to maintain his card. And plus four on Sunday is not going to maintain that, especially when a triple and a double are there. So he's had outside of the API, I think his worst finish internationals are like 12th place. So he's been killing it. Yeah, it's 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 a little unfortunate that it that it hurt one of my bets, but it's nice to see him and Cam Davis kind of you know coming together and 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 dragging along the uh, the the Aussie flag. Hopefully that works. out. It'd be cool to see Minwoo in like the uh, the President's Cup down the road, assuming it all yeah. works out. And then what's the what's the tournament they're doing where it's the LPGA and the PGA Tour player together? I think it's a Grant Thornton. It's at the end of the year. Minwoo Lee playing with his sister who's on the LPGA tour would be really, really fun to see. I know Future they were doing some, Yes. I know they were doing some previewing of it over the weekends uh, where Tony Finau is playing. So it'll, it, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of all happens in the fall and the winter. That's for sure. Yeah. And hopefully there'll be some betting options out there. Um, last thing I have to say, Lucas Herbert, <laughs> I love you. I'm a fan of you. I think I could confidently go out there and shoot Better than 23 over to the first day. Was it 23? I think he was 25 at one point. I think he birdied somewhere along the way. Yeah, you know, you finished with a birdie on the 36 hole to go from an 86 to an 85 on Friday. So I I think I could have done that. (laughs) 
would have been very competitive. Um, all right. Do you want to get into DraftKings and FanDuel lineups? Absolutely. And I'll just start off right away. Having Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, and Jason Day on all three of your lineups, pretty much guaranteed to make money, which I did. Um, luckily, I had Terrell Hatton in my FanDuel because Keegan Bradley missed the cut. And Sahith Tagala was like dead last in making the cut. It happens. Um, and then I also said Sahith and Keegan Bradley in DraftKings, but replaced Hatton with Francesco Molinari. I don't know what you thought, but I feel like DraftKings winners lineups were a lot worse than FanDuel. So I didn't think I was going to win a ton of money in DraftKings, but turns out having um, three guys, one win, and two other guys in the top 10 will help. Yeah, DraftKings sometimes does this, where depending on the event, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm totally out of the money on this. And then you turn around and you're like, you're like, never mind, I'm top 200 in the world with this lineup. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's always those surprising weeks. Um, yeah, you had, a, you had a good week. I did not have any Scotty Scheffler shares, but again, I also didn't have any ROM shares, so I guess it cancels out. Uh, for DraftKings, I did win money. Um, in both FanDuel and DraftKings, I had Homa, Morikawa, Jason Day, and Ben Griffin. Um, that's a T6 a t13 a t19 and a t35 to have those four i mean that's pretty pretty solid right there your fourth guy is a t35 automatically uh DraftKings had justin thomas and badly who both made the cut and then didn't do much else uh whereas FanDuel had roy mcelroy and kh lee who both missed the cut um so i won some money on DraftKings, lost some money on FanDuel. it all evens out absolutely and i think it will be good to say um we are in march so before we go any further, make sure you guys fill out your bracket. And no, I am not talking about your March Madness bracket. Um, bracket for the Dell Match Play Championship will be available Monday, March 21st. Set your calendar because that's the only bracket that matters in March. <laughs> yeah, a couple couple important brackets kind of going on. Yeah, because our teams are going to get on. swept. So, all right, we're going into bets. Yes, my favorite topic of the year. We had a great week if you tagged along. Max Homa, top 30, that was a smack. Jason Day, top 30, smack. Xander Shoffley, top 30, smack. Taylor Montgomery to make the cut, that was a hit. Keegan Bradley, top 40, missed the cut. Ricky Fowler, top 40, that hit. Sung J.M., top 30, hit. Scotty Scheffler, top 20, obviously that hit. 4.7 units up on the week, bringing us to 23.45 overall. There you go. Pretty good week. Do you want to do extra bets or you don't want me to sure. go through mine? All right, go yeah, I'll it. jump into it. Um, Keegan Bradley, Sung J.M. and Scotty Scheffler making the cut parlay. Keegan Bradley and I need to have some special words <laughs> together for messing that one up. But we did hit Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, and Justin Thomas making the cut parlay. That was nice. We also had Justin Thomas plus Max Homa top 40 parlay. Um, Justin Thomas and I need to have some special words together because that one missed. Yeah, um, it's tough. Scotty Scheffler and Jason Day, top 40. That was a win, plus one unit there. Scotty, Xander, and Homa, top 40, plus 1.55 units. Sung J.M. beating Tom Kim. Um, the worst one of all time. Um, Taylor Montgomery beating Ryan Harmon. That was a wash, but he went six over in his final four holes <laughs> with a par on 18. So that was brutal. And then Thomas Dietrich making the cut. That was a loss. We still were up 1.15 units, bringing us up to a shy 30.8 units in the 2023 season. There you go. Uh, yeah, that Montgomery, uh, that Montgomery finish was well known between Jack and I. There were there may have been a few expletives. Colorful. Um, you know, a couple of not safe what for is work. happening. Uh, yeah, just you know, just some just some beliefs, some some not safe for work things said about Montgomery after. After that plus six on the last four, but you know what? It happens. Uh, and Hey, you not like that. Lose, you didn't lose money. And, and we'll, we'll just say that on that bet, but yeah, it was, that was a tough one for Jack. Cause he could have been up a lot more. Um, as far as my bets go, I went three for five. Uh, Jack kind of scared me a little bit and I thought I did a little better. Uh, cause he was talking, I, I first one is Shane Lowry top 30 at plus two forty. Uh, that was a loss. I think he was like 35th. Uh, Jack was all excited. He's like, you just need minimum lead to like bogey one of these last two holes. And then I looked over and I was like, he's like six spaces out of 30. No, it was Tommy Fleetwood <laughs> who had bogeyed and my leaderboard hadn't updated to the live. So he was 31st when I saw Tommy bogey on my screen. I'm like, holy crap. I think that just jumped the ship to make 30 players. But then you're like, dude, he's in 35th. 
Oh, gotcha. Yeah, all of a sudden he messaged me. I got all excited. I was like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. Big win. Not the case. Um, first winner was Sung JM, top 30 at plus 105. That one felt really easy. I don't know why, but the Sung J was, was solid. Uh, Colin Morikawa, top 20 at plus 130. Love to see that. That was a nice win. Homa top 20 at plus 110. That was a win. That was that was solid. Uh Jason Day top Aussie at plus 140. That lost was to bad. a bunch of bums. Yeah, lost to a bunch <laughs> I of bums. Was the term used? The guy was 19th. In like any other tournament with a bunch of Aussies, you win as a top Aussie with T19. But of course, the one tournament that pick a top Aussie, all of a sudden two lesser known Aussies is that fair to say that Jason Day Cam Davis was due pretty good in the uh, President's Cup so yeah. either way I went three for five I'm up 1.45 units I'm currently at uh negative 1.29 units so we're on the road back to zero we're getting close and just for the record before we jump into bets this week which I know is going to be in a little bit before because Iowa I'm in Iowa. He's in Illinois. We have two different betting odds. So yes. the odds that he was seeing for a certain bet that we'll get into were about 250 points different. Uh, all you had to do is refresh it, and we got those odds. Liam was so freaking risky before we get into it, um, but I think we are getting back to positive numbers this week at the Valspar. Hey, I would have st- I would have stuck with it. I was ready for it, but yeah, Jack Jack was able to give me some different odds for for Iowa and, and, and do it that way. So that one, that might've saved me a little bit of money here and hopefully it gets me into positives this week. Uh, do you want to do winners or wild picks? I mean, let's just, I'll just get wild picks out of the way. I had Scotty Xander and Rory top 20 parlay, Rory McIlroy. It happens. It's a loss. And then Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas and Keegan Bradley top 20 parlay. None of them were even close. I was going to say, oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, Rory might need, well, I'd say Rory needs a talking to, but let's be real, it's Rory. Um, My wild wild picks, I had Adam Scott top 20 at plus 350. Nope, not a chance. Barely made a cut. Uh, KH Lee top 20 at plus 500. Nope, missed a cut. Didn't stand a chance. And then my third, I took a third one just as a flyer because I almost had it as an actual bet. Uh, Colin Morikawa and Jason Day, both top 10 at plus 1,250. We lost that wild card by a shot. Um, almost hit. Would have been Flip really 20. You're, you're in the money on that one. Yeah. If you do the top 20, I'm sure that I'm sure those odds are what plus 650. Yeah. Probably right around there. Um, so at plus 650, then I, I would have hit there. That would have been really impressive. Uh, but you know, that's a wild pick and that's why it wasn't in my actual betting card. So worked out. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly run over my winners because they are not ones to fetch at Justin Thomas tied for 60th and Cam Young tied for 51st. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Uh, for my winners, I had Homa. He finished T6. I was okay with it in the end. I mean, if you would have talked to me after Friday when he was even par and felt like he was barely making the cut, I would have been very different. But uh, he had a nice Saturday and Sunday and made it actually look presentable. Uh, my other winner was Shane Lowry. He finished T35th. I mean, you'll take it. It's an elevated field, though, so you're not feeling magical about, about a T35. But I guess you can't win them all. So sometimes a T35 has just got just to gotta work out for you. I wish I had a T35. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I'm like, all right, I guess I can't complain too much. My worst, my second guy was T35. We going to Valspar, Jack? Yeah, let's do it because uh, it's just like one week closer to Augusta, baby. That's all I'm looking forward to. And um, I'm really scared going into <laughs> it because I'll preface it every single time. The amount of units I'm up, I will do a bet for for a full unit. I don't think I can count extra bets because I don't think there'll be enough bets to have if I can get to over 50, 60 units. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, you, you might have to take out the extra bets. I yeah, don't think stick it's with standard bets. Out. Yeah, stick with the standards. Um. All right, well, let's get into this first. This week, we're going to the Valspar Championship. Uh, This is pretty much near Tampa Bay. That's really the best way to describe it. This is the last leg of that Florida swing. Um, So you had Honda, the players, and then now you got the Valspar. It's a par 71, totaling 7,340 yards. Again, roughly. Uh, Don't hold me to that number. Last year's winner was Sam Burns. He's actually gone back-to-back. 
Uh, in terms of m- metrics on this, I don't have much. It's it's a rough field. It's a crapshoot. I mean, you got like five-ish names. Is that generous to say five-ish names? Oh, well, I'm a golf nerd, so I would argue that there's 20 names, but I know I know the point you're getting at. I, I'm, I'm saying in terms of cutoffs, I think you got a, maybe maybe half a dozen names on that kind of top echelon golf tier. And then it's just kind of, you get into the weeds. I mean, you have the distinct ability to dig through some of these names. I mean, if you, if you are not Jack and studying the corn fairy tour, you're going to see guys at like 7,500 who you won't recognize. Um, And that's just unfortunate the way it goes in this tournament. Uh, Again, one of the main things I got, look for strokes gained ball striking. That's kind of a main metric I'm using this week. Uh, for course history, you can take it into account, but also just kind of look out for recent form. Um, being that we've had a couple of Florida courses in a row, you can really kind of utilize recent form because a lot of the play style is kind of the same compared to Honda and the players. Um, so it really kind of folds over well into into a course history and recent form mix. So I'm I'm using kind of both of those in my DFS lineup specifically. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, like Liam said, it's going to be a kind of a tapered off when you take a look at, we're going to start off with DFS here. So there, like we say every single week, there is an opportunity to either stack your lineup really, really high and take a couple of flyers. And there are fields that you can take a bunch of eight K's and kind of call it a day. This is one that I think you can play both hands at, and it's just going to be the same odds and how it comes out. I think Jack and I kind of have two very distinct examples of that as well. Jack has a lineup. Um, I want to say specifically on DraftKings, where you're a little bit more balanced. And my DraftKings lineup is not balanced. We'll just say that. I'm uh, I'm a little top heavy. Uh, but you know what? It's it's okay. Uh, so you ready, Jack? We'll get into the 10K range. Yep. It is Justin Thomas at 10,900 jump into Matt Fitzpatrick at 10k is it safe to say we just kind of not talk about Matt Fitzpatrick because I am scared the heck out of him yeah he's he's just not as consistent as he usually is I mean he's gone I think he's still uh, injured well I, th- I I think he's like not entirely injured but it's just not pretty he's gone cut t14 cut and so it's it's just you know every other week he'll, he's either getting top 30 or missing the cut It's just very dangerous for him being the fourth most expensive guy in the field. And I understand why he is again, he's, he's, he's an elite talent in a weak field. Uh, But I think any of the other three guys are kind of a better, more viable option. Justin Thomas is one that obviously sticks out. He missed the cut here in 2017. I'm not really taking that into account too much outside of that. He was T 13 and T three here. He has vocally said this is one of his favorite courses to play on tour. Again, I don't know how much detail I'm really taking into that, Um, but he's also kind of due and generally he's been playing better, you know, T5 at hero, T25, T25, T4, T20, T21. He was T60 last week. I think that might actually keep a little bit of pressure off of him and not as many people get to him. Um, but in a course like this, I'm all aboard. The other guy I like as well, again, I don't think he's winning. I don't think he's going three times back to back, but Sam Burns, um, he's four for four here on making the cut. He finished T12, T30, first and first. Um, and again, he's he's seven for 10 on making the cut recently. He used T35 at the players, which is good because, again, he didn't make the cut at the Arnold Palmer or the Genesis, but he played really well at uh, – Oh my gosh, what's the tournament? Waste management? Yeah, it could have been. And I think that, uh, yeah, waste management, they get like a top seven, top eight finish. But I think it was T7, yeah. The thing about Sam Burns that I think scares me a little bit in terms of DFS only is his price is so elevated because of those back-to-back wins yep. that you take a look at his last, we'll just call it three weeks. Two of them were over 100th place. Yeah. So it is is scary that, like we talk about, one week doesn't necessarily define a golfer, but and the same time, one week can really carry that momentum on to another week. Yes. So this is a course where he's clearly proven he's comfortable, confident, and can go out and freaking win. It is hard for me to see that and know that two and three weeks ago, he was on a plane ride home sipping 
margaritas in a plane outside of a hundredth place because he couldn't hit her butt. Yeah. And, and, and let me clarify here. Sam Burns last year did not have good uh, recent form coming into this event. He was still able to win here. His putter really kind of finds itself here as well as his iron play, I guess, last year when you kind of look at it. Um, but I, I think this is just a good spot for him to kind of turn around. It's a comfortable spot. It'd be like coming home, you know, after a long road trip. And next thing you know, you're in a comfortable spot. I think this is Sam Burns's comfortable spot and I'm comfortable going to him at this point. Yeah. And I think one guy that's going to get overshadowed a lot is Jordan Spieth yep. to think about last week at the players. If he hadn't smoked a fan on his tee shot, he wouldn't, he would be, he would make, excuse me. He missed the cut. Yeah, but he finished top twenty. Like that guy is a dog. If he gets his putter hot, um, two of his last four finishes have been top six, one top twenty, or excuse me, nineteenth, fourth, sixth, and then 69th, Barely missed the cut at the Genesis. I think he's being a little bit slept on in terms of that hype and demand factor. Just because he, if you take a look at the players, I saw five shots from him on yeah. Saturday and Sunday. So I think that this category. There's going to be two guys that you can throw your your um, metaphorical dart at, and yes. they're going to be top 20. And I think there's going to be two guys that you throw your metaphorical dart at. One's going to miss the cut, and one is probably going to finish 54th. That's the reality of it. As scary as it sounds, I don't like going to Jordan this week because I'm worried that he's going to be popular. I I think that because he's been playing well. Opposite. Yeah, I think he's I think people are going to go to him because he's been playing well. I think people are going to see the T19 last week and the T4 the week beforehand and be like, "Hey, Jordan's kind of, you know, coming back into things. I'll, you know, I'll sprinkle him in this week." And I don't know, like this is not 2015 Jordan Speed, so I don't know if he's if he's going to be okay given that kind of a pressure right off the top. I just need to I I prefer to wait and see, you know, let other people take the chance on Jordan. All right, so if you had to go this terrifying, terrifying range of four golfers, is is Justin Thomas the number one consensus I think we're going to? Yeah, I think for me it goes JT, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Fitzpatrick. You flip Spieth and Burns for me, and that's my list. Yeah. I I think Matty is going to be fine. I'm just still afraid that he's not 100%. I know him and Dan Rappaport are really good friends from Northwestern. Yep. Every time I see a tweet revolving Matt Fitzpatrick, <laughs> I just see injury. Injury yeah. neck. So I don't know if this is going to be, I need to see where I'm at come major time kind of a week. I don't know if this is, I'm working on something, whether it be taking pressure off the neck in my swing, kind of like what tiger did for a year, trying to work on taking that pressure off his back. So it'll be interesting, but um, the real category I want to get to is the nine K range, just because there are a ton of dogs. If you're ready. I'll just say this. This is not the week to get to Fitzpatrick. Either go up 200 to Sam Burns or go to this guy in the 9K range at the top. Go for it. Tommy Fleetwood, 9,800. Tommy Flo, what a dog. And then it jumps down to Davis Riley at 9K. I think Tommy Fleetwood is having, outside of the Arnold Palmer, he's having a really good year that no one's talking about. To think, I don't, he doesn't have his PGA Tour card. Yep. Think about that. He is trying to get his PGA Tour card. He is doing awesome. Everybody loves him. Great showing last week. Finished 27th with a 76 on Sunday. I think he's mad about it. I think he's going to come into this week ready to go. Lesser field. That 27th, if you take out seven of those names, there's a top 20 bet right there. So I really like that. I think Keegan Bradley is another guy to look out for. I think that miscut is going to scare a lot of people off, and I really like it targeting those numbers. He did all he could last time, um, finished second behind the Burns. And then he's had six or top five 25s this year. So he's having a great showing. And I also read that Adam Hadwin thinks this is the best course on the PGA Tour, and it's one of his favorites. So I don't know if that's just something to hype him up or get people behind him coming into the week. But if you have a guy like that that's really, really comfortable here, much like Sam Burns, yeah, you might want to sprinkle him in a lineup. Yeah, no, I, I I did read a little bit about Adam Hadwin on there. I guess my challenge is he doesn't quite have the same level of history as Sam Burns. He plays decent here, um, but you can like, of course, and still not play it as well. Um, and Sam Burns has obviously played it about as good as anybody has the last five years. Yeah, um, and one more thing. Screw Brian Harmon. Just one more. Yeah, I just had to throw that out there. Oh, yeah, Although he's Brian a lefty, I still love him, but like, come on. <laughs> 
Brian Harmon's on the uh, on the do not bet list or in do not play list at the turn dogs golf pod. So Jack's got to get out a little frustration. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, I agree. I think he's a great player this week if you want to get to him. If you want to avoid the 10K range or maybe go one 10K guy, Tommy Fleetwood, and kind of leave us in a top-heavy group, that's totally fine. Uh, Denny McCarthy is could be sneaky this week. Um, he's got solid course history. He's finished T48, T39, and T9. Um, in his last three attempts at this tournament. Um, I think some people are going to see that he finished T13 last week and know that he's done good. I know he was really hyped up at the Honda Classic, and so when he missed the cut there, I'm sure that that scared some people away. Um, But I don't hate going to him this week if you want to go that way. His putter is lava. Yeah, his putter putter is solid. Uh, Davis Riley, super scary. Um, He's kind of elevated this week because he finished second here last year. Um, that is his only time playing in this tournament. I d- don't take his second here last year into an account that he's now got good course history here. Um, he did miss the cut at the players shooting 71 77. Um, so he did not play very good on Friday. He is a risk reward play. If you get to Brian or oh, Brian Harmon, if you get to Davis Riley, just know that y- you were taking basically a shot in the dark. He might finish top 10. He could very well finish four shots outside the cut. Yeah, and I think, and I know we're not at the 8K range yet, but if you're taking a look at the guy just below him, I think it's a safer play 99.99 out of 100 times. No disrespect to Davis Riley because he's proven it last year. He can make birdie on 50% of his holes. So this might be a, a time that he just comes out and just blares and gets top five again. But it could also be a time where he's going for shots that, aren't available to him and then he sneaks down into that 58 68 78 range where you're really hovering on a mater miss cut yeah the guy guy 8900 do you want to get right into it let's just jump into it justin's uh he's a dog he's a beast he's a monster i I haven't heard anything about his shoulder since at&t anything after that i've heard nothing and his worst finish since then 40th with two top sixes so you take your gamble it's this should be pretty much a lineup lock i would say and you know i don't say that lightning or lightly in dfs because if i say that usually they end up sucking but he's the top guy at 8900 and then it goes down to kh lee who like you had said missed the cut last week yeah i think that uh there's probably only like two or three guys i really want to play in this range again really want to play in this range um, Justin Suh is a good one. Again, he's 8,900, so you kind of got to be able to work him into that price point. Um, unfortunately, I'm just going to tell you right now, it didn't work out in either of my lineups to get him in. I would have loved to have, but but he's no longer 7,000 like he was when I first bet him at Honda. You know, now he's 8,900. and Yeah. It just Jack changes. Jack DraftKings the- lock. <laughs> yeah, Jazz DraftKings lock. I liked him too, but it just didn't work out. Uh, my DraftKings lock is Ben Griffin. At 8,400. Yeah. Guy is a tank and criminally underpriced at this point. Um, Take out the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Guy's got how many straight top 35s? Eight? Eight. Nine, maybe? No, eight. Yeah, eight. eight. Last time outside of the uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am that he was not in the top 35 was in November 3rd of last year. Kind of ridiculous, by the way arguably playing just as well as probably Fleetwood. Are, yeah, for sure. And I, I will say, and I'm not going to get any spoilers, but the number that we are betting this guy at is in the pluses. And you're going to want to see what placement he is because it could be the betting lock of the decade. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be solid. Uh, but I'm all aboard Ben Griffin this week. Give me, give me every share. I want it, and I want it now. So in reality, he's the guy I'm going to in this AK range. Don't hate Mav McNeely. Um, if you need a guy that's probably just going to putt decently and make a couple, make a cut, that's that's probably the safe bet. I want one more week. He has a shoulder injury. They're still dealing is, with. Is he still dealing with the shoulder? I thought that was better by now. He's been dealing with that shoulder since like feels like the Tour Championship at this point. What the heck? No, he's been dealing with it since the farmers when I started to increase my bets on him from like one unit to two unit, and then uh, AT&T came and crashed that all down. Well, he he's definitely then a little bit more of a risk reward play, but I if, but if you can get to him, I don't hate it. Uh, I might need to look at my lineups now and, and adjust it. I didn't realize yeah. he was still dealing with it. While you do that, 
I'll talk about Wyndham Clark just because he's had a remarkable tear. He is just 11 for 13 on cuts. And one of the ones, according to DraftKings, that is literally marked as it is from October 6th at the Shriners. His worst finish since then is 50th at the American Express. So if you're looking for a guy at this category that's probably going to make the cut to like the 90th percentile, I really like him. Plus, he's playing really well. I also think Brandon Wu is going to be really, really slept on. He is 26 years old, finished tied for 14th at PGA National and tied for 19th at the Players' Championships, two top 20s in a row. Um, I think he fits the profile and what's looked for in terms of Copperhead. Um, and I just think that he's going to be really slept on, and I am extremely high on him this week. And I think if you want, you can really get into a guy like Taylor Moore who's proven he can finish right around that top 40 range. Just be careful because Aaron Rye at 8,200 is a withdrawal. So. Oh, Aaron Rye, Aaron Rye did withdraw? Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, Taylor Moore is – he's the safety valve play. I mean, if you want the T40, then, like, you can go to Taylor Moore. It's just not flashy. It's not fun. If, I, if I'm in a weak field like this, I'd rather have, an up, I have more of an upside opportunity guy than to have somebody that's probably going to finish – T T35. As a degenerate better, I will say boring picks win money. So DFS, yeah. sometimes you want that risk reward. Bets go boring because they hit. Yeah. All right. So take Taylor Moore top 40 as a bet, but then play Ben Griffin in your all of your DFS lineups. Got it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I've been hearing from the people that I affiliate with, especially some golfers. KH Lee is a number to watch, but I just don't like what I've seen out of him. API he barely made the cut. Missed the cut at the players, missed the cut at the Genesis, outside the top 40 at the waste management, barely made the cut at the Amex. He just hasn't looked good in the last couple months. And I just want to get one more week under his belt before I see anything really drastic. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Cage. So he kind of he kind of concerns me this week after after missing it last week at one of his favorite TPC courses, aka all of them. Um but you know we'll 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 see. I'm sure I'll get back to him at the next TPC course. But until then, he's 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 in the back of my mind. I can't worry about Cage. Like he's on the much. bench. Yeah, he's on the bench. Cool. Not not Brian Harmon level bench play. Let me clarify. He's he's not there. He's not down at the end of the bench. But he's like six man right now. He's a lefty, which is brutal. But um, after that, we'll jump down to the seven K range. This is a big one. So Byung-Hun on seventy nine hundred. You have to scroll down pretty good, honestly, in this category. You could really fill a name to Stewie Sink, Stuart Sink at 7K. I will say there are a couple names in here that I probably don't believe they should be in the 7K range. Um, number one is Victor Perez. I think that um, he's one of those guys that unless you really study golf or watch DP World Tour because you have insomnia, um, <laughs> he's uh, one of those guys to watch out for in three events um, since I think January in terms of the DP World Tour. He has a win, a top 15, and then a top 30. So I think he's one of those guys that I know you're afraid. And it makes sense coming from DP World Tour to the U.S., that first tournament you want to get under your belt. But I think he's going to be pretty slept on in terms of ownership. Yep. Um, and then I really think that another guy that people are probably going to be really afraid of is Steven Jager. He's had in the last three weeks 44, 40, and 14. And I always talk about at this range, you're kind of just looking for a cut. Um, so I don't think it's the scariest guy in the world to get to if you want to. Yeah, uh, Jaeger's always an interesting one. I, I feel like every time I bet him, he fails me. So I'm always a little worried about getting to that. Uh, I'm going to leave your boy at 7,500 because he was Thank interesting you. to me, but I couldn't get to him. Uh, I'm going to start at 7,300. Uh, Eric Cole um, is the one that stands out for me. Uh, if you want to talk about recent form, he's probably a really, really solid guy to get to. Um, at Honda, he was, again, he lost in the playoff to, oh my God, who did he lose to? Chris Kirk? Yeah. Uh, so he lost to Chris Kirk at Honda there. So he's plays, he's played well on Florida courses. Then he went to the players where he was $6,100, almost a minimum price, made the cut and finished T35th, same place as Shane Lowry. Now he's going back to, uh, he's going back to Florida on, again, another Florida course to where he has potential to play well on. And he's only 7,300 in a respectfully extremely weak field. Um, so I'm I'm a big fan of Eric Cole this week. I think he's going to be be a solid choice to get to if you want to go to there. So next I'm going to Matthew Neesmith. He's at 7,200. He's got solid course history here. He's finished T21 and T3. 
And so he's just a really, really good choice in the sense that he's got the solid course history and he's played bad prior to getting to this course before. And then he finished T3 last year. So I could totally see him turning it around and playing just as well this week. I know he doesn't have all the cuts made in the world so far to start the year, but 7,200, well-known name on the tour. I'm giving him a chance. Absolutely. And then I get a couple guys. I know you just saved him for me. So I appreciate that. Number one, and there are three guys at 7,500 I kind of like. Number one is Joel Damon. Since the release of the Netflix series, he has fallen off dramatically. And he talked about it. He goes, pressure's gotten to me. I'm getting approached at the street. People on the tee box are chanting my names. Like, this has never happened to me before. He feels like Ricky Fowler, I believe, was the quote he had. I think this is a week where everything might start to slow down a little bit for him. And at 7,500, you can take a gamble on him. Robbie Shelton is another guy that I really like this week. He has just been a cut machine outside of the players. Thankfully, he didn't do that. But he has a couple top 40s to her name, his name. And then Akshay Bhatia, my guy, I will bet him every single time because I've grown up watching him. And, well, I think he might be younger than me, so it might be weird to say. <laughs> um, second at the Puerto Rico Open, tied fit or top 50 in the Honda Classic. And then a couple top 10 finishes in the Corn Ferry Tour. He's a lefty, so I absolutely love him. I think he's proven that in these PGO Tour events, he just has to make a cut. And he's going to do that. Um, I think he has no problem this week. I think another guy that unless you've been watching a lot of golf is going to be under-owned is Ben Martin. Um, he's had tremendous success here in making cuts. Um, and then Will Gordon as well at 7,500. Um, David Lingmurth, sixth place at the Players. I haven't seen one mention of his name. He had a tied for 10th at the Honda in Florida as success. 7,300. You should be able to sneak him in somewhere. Yeah, it feels like it feels like I'm seeing him now go top ten twice twice in a row, and now it's terrifying because I've gone. I think I went to Lingworth at the Farmers. You picked him as like a uh, a top Australian or uh, not Australian. <laughs> um, oh, what's his nationality? Like, Sweden. Yeah, Swedish Sweden. Player. So it was like it was like Eastern European or something like that. He was a top Eastern European. Yeah, that's where Ludwig sure Aberg came out and shot like 24th place. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like I he scares me a little bit just because I can't seem to hit, hit when he goes wrong versus when he goes right. But I can see why at 7,300 playing well the last couple of weeks that you can get you could get to him. All right, and then the last guy I have in the 7K range that I think a lot of people are gonna be like, who is Ryan Gerard? He is a non-member on the PGA Tour under special exemption at the Puerto Rico Open, 11th place, at the Honda 4th place, at the Corn Ferry Championship or Corn Ferry Tour event on February 9th. He finished third. If he finishes tied for 54th at Copperhead this week, he will earn a special temporary membership on the PGA Tour. I think he has a lot to play for this week. I think he looks good coming out of great form. So I think it's worth a flyer, but... I know you are ready to talk about the 6K range. So starting at the top on that one at 6,900 is Russell Knox. And then you scrolled on forever to, once again, Greg Cock or Coke, who last time made the cut, we talked about him. So it might be a signal. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got probably five names or so that I like in this 6K range. Uh, by the way, let's hope Ryan Gerard gets his PGA Tour card. Big fan of, of seeing guys make it from, from the Corn Ferry Tour and, and moving it up. But uh, I'm going to start 6,800, Luke Donald, former number one, uh, usually Jack's boy. Uh, he's gone four for four on making the cut at this event, at least since it's become the Valspar. Um, he was T48, T13, T74, and T18. So he's got good course history. And again, I think somebody like a Luke Donald or maybe the guy right above him, Zach Johnson, um, is going to be a really good person to have as the sixth guy in your lineup. Uh, Zach Johnson is somebody that I probably owe a little bit of gratitude for because he's made me a solid amount of money uh, the last month. He has been a staple in the bottom of my DFS lineups. Guy just makes cuts. Um, and again, in a weak field, I'm all about Zach Johnson because I know it's going to come through for me. Uh, the third guy I'll mention, Lucas Glover, uh, 6,700. He's got solid course history. He's also four for four since his tournament became Valspar. Uh, he was T48, T13, T74, and T18. Uh, so pretty similar to Luke Donald, which is kind of funny. Uh, but again, I think he's another kind of quote-unquote old head who could be really solid in the bottom of your lineup. Um, where is he at? Tano Goya, 6,600. Yep. 
he's kind of just a cut making machine. I assumed when I saw him in this field, my first thought was I was like, yeah, Tano Goya will be like 7,200, 7,300. They'll have him up there because the guy just makes cuts all day. Nope. They put him at 66. Um, so if, if it makes sense for you to have him in your lineup, I'd go wild for it. And I think that one works well. Uh, the last guy I'll mention, he's a guy that I that I ended up having to get to at, at 6,400. Uh, Cole Hammer. Hook him. Hook him. Uh, so he he's he's had a little bit of a rough stretch, but he, he has some good metrics for this course. Um, I'm just kind of hoping he pulls it all together. And again, at 6,400, he kind of allows you to go for a little bit more of that top heavy, top heavy DFS lineup. Yeah, there's one guy in this category that I personally really like. That's it. Dylan Wu. Let me just read you. Players, 35th. Puerto Rico, 48th. Honda, 10th. AT&T, 29th. Starting about the last four tournaments, he's had all top 50s. 6,800. I mean, if you're looking for a guy to make the cut, 6,800. Hook him like a fish. Put him in your lineup. Call it a day. <laughs> but I mean, Man. there's the guys like Nico Echevarria, who just won. Nacho. One... Yeah, he was formerly Nacho. 130, 131, 1, 107. So <laughs> it's just, he sandwiched that win. I don't really think that there's a lot of people here that you kind of fight for. That's the guy that I really think might stand alone here. Wesley Bryant? Well, I think he's more focused on building his own golf course than playing golf. So that's, that's right. Um, he, he does have good course history here, and he did finish sixth at the Puerto Rico Open, but I understand. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely guys that have had it, like Cody Gribble, I think, finished also top 10 in the Puerto Rico Open. But if I remember correctly, he was missing cuts on Corn Ferry. So I don't know. There's like Rory Sabatini's in here. Every once in a while, he's going to shoot like 64 on <laughs> Thursday and make you think he's I, playing in the Olympics again. I hate those Rory Sabatini moments. They always they always get you pulled in, too. You instantly see those, and you're like, you're like, man, am I going back to Rory Sabatini? And then the next week, you like put him in a DFS lineup on the bottom, and he shoots 82 the first day. Well, he goes like, like 64, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my gosh. And then he goes like 75, 75, 77. He's like 79th place whenever he makes a cut. It's frustrating, but yeah. that's enough of Rory Sabatini. Let's go ahead and get to lineups. What you looking at? Uh, yeah, I'm going to start off with some DraftKings. Again, this is a very top-heavy grouping for me on DraftKings. Um, I'm starting up up top. Justin Thomas, 10,900. I'm going to Sam Burns at 10,200. I'm going Ben Griffin at 8,400. Give me Eric Cole at 7,300. Give me Zach Johnson at 6,800. Give me Cole Hammer, hook him, at 6,400. Now, I know you mentioned Sam Burns, and I have an interesting Sam Burns stat that might also convert into a Tiger Woods stat. So, you know, Sam Burns is going for the three-peat this week. Since yep. 1995, there have been 10 instances of a player winning a third or sometimes even a fourth consecutive time in that same PGA Tour event. Steve Stricker at the John Deere Classic. Stuart Appleby, love the guy at the Maui. Tiger Woods, eight times. They can't even <laughs> list the tournaments because eight times he won three or four in a row at the same tournament. That is ridiculous. So had to throw that in there. Tiger Woods fact of the day. My DraftKings lineup on the transition of the decade. Tommy Fleetwood, 9,800. I'm avoiding that 10K altogether. Keegan Bradley, 9,400. Justin Suh, 8,900. Akshay Bhatia, 7,500. Robbie Shelton, 7,500. And then Dylan Wu, 6,800. So that that is kind of the two very distinctive different ways you can play this. Obviously, Jack avoided the 10K range and got at least five. I mean, you could count Dylan Wu as a sixth kind of solid middle ground golfer, whereas I went you know, two, potentially three heaters. I need Zach Johnson to make a cut. I need Eric Cole to make a cut. If Cole Hammer makes a cut, then I'm ecstatic. Uh, but I'm really kind of going top heavy as opposed to his middle of the road play. Yeah, well, then you might as well jump right into your FanDuel because uh, it looks also scary. Yeah, my FanDuel is interesting for sure. Um, I had some second, second guesses, but I stuck with it. Uh, I got Justin Thomas at 12,000. I've got Sam Burns at 11,700. I've got Ben Griffin at 10,200. I've got Maverick McNeely at 9,900. I've got Matthew Neesmith at 8,800. 
And I've got Zach Johnson at 7,400. Well, that is terrifying. Um, <laughs> my fan to line up this week, I also went Justin Thomas. I'm taking a gamble that 60th was a fluke. Justin saw 10,400. Wyndham Clark, 10,300. Ben Griffin, 10,200. Akshay Bhatia, 9K. And then Dylan Wu, 9K. There's going to be a couple guys we're definitely squad riding for this week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few names that definitely stick out on that. Uh, in terms of bets, I'm I'm, I'm doing four this week. Um, I normally do three. I did five last week. Um, I was trying to kind of get to three this week. It just didn't work out. There were too many names I was I was interested in. Uh, but for my four bets, I've got Sam Burns top twenty at plus one twenty. I've got Matthew Neesmith top forty at plus 130 i'm prefacing i want to preface lock of the freaking decade ben griffin top 40 at plus 110 think about this just just pause moment of silence for all the dollars that fan duel draft kings everything else is about to pay off for that one yeah i think that one is going to be an absolute lock and i'm all aboard it uh last one is justin thomas top 20 it was minus 110 I felt I was like, all right, well, if it's only minus 110, I'm going to throw it in there. You know, it, sh- it could have been minus 140 or minus 150, and I wouldn't have flinched. Yeah, um, I think that 60th really helped those odds go up probably a little bit. I bet they were starting at minus 150. And I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, Justin Thomas, if you want to give off the appearances, if you don't got game, I know you do. I'm not taking the chance. So I'm all aboard. Absolutely. And then I went with eight bets again. I don't know why they keep going up, but they seem to be working. So tag along. <laughs> Wyndham Clark, top 40, minus 125. He's been on great trajectory. Justin Suh, top 40, is also minus 125. I don't know why these guys are lower, but Ben Griffin, top 40, plus 110. I put the mortgage on that one. Um, Akshay Bhatia, top 40, plus 125. That's more of a fun sprinkle, but I think he can hit the number. Um, Keegan Bradley, top 30, is minus 120. Brandon Wu, top 40, is plus 110. I have Tano Goya as the top Argentinian, which is really just basically over Augusto Nuno's, and that's minus 110. And then I have a pick that I'm just clamming for, and Justin's uh, beating Brian Harmon, which is kind of at a shocking minus 110. I thought those numbers would be pretty crazy, but when I saw it, I was like, all right, cool. That is a little surprising. I figured so would be the underdog there, but I guess that tells you how good he's been playing and how really? bad Brian Harmon's been playing. I would have said so, like minus 150, I would have taken it. Well, yeah, I think I think if you're looking at about four months ago, though, people would have been like, Brian Harmon is plus money against Justin Suh. I'm going to hammer that one home. But... I'm just waiting until he finishes four boring rounds and all the majors and finishes on the leaderboard and no one talks about him. It's going to make me angry. <laughs> you know that's the way it's going to happen. Um, are we doing winners or wild picks? Well, we sucked at wild cards. So we might as well get them out of the way from last week. So one of mine is Justin Rowe's top 10 at plus 275. And while I'm looking at it, I think that's supposed to be a top 20 because that'd be ridiculous at top 10. Am I wrong? Uh, Here, you talk about yours. Let me go check that real quick. It might be legit based on how weak this field is. We'll see. Uh, for my wild picks, I took two kind of dart throws on guys that have the potential uh, to go low and, and be in the money in the hunt, but uh, I'm not I'm not too sold on. First one is the college player Ludwig Aberg. Uh, T- T20 is plus 400. He played really well at Honda. Um, so this is just kind of me just hedging bets that, hey, you know what? If he strikes lightning twice in a row, then cool. I get a, I get a nice wild pick out of it. And if he doesn't, then I'm not missing out on too much. Uh, second guy is a guy that struggled, but he has the potential to play better because he's done it on tour before. Uh, give me Nick Hardy, top 20 at plus 450. Absolutely. And apparently I was right. Justin Rose, top 10 plus 275. I figured those odds would be a little bit crazier, but I guess <laughs> taking a look. Um, and then David Lingworth, top 20 at plus 360. He's had two top 10s in the last three weeks. So at weaker field, he might carry that momentum on and give me a nice chunk of change. There you go. All right. Winner's picks we go. Yeah, I'm going Wyndham Clark and Justin Suh. Two bigger names for the field, <laughs> but I don't want to risk taking a JT or a Spieth or a Fitzy right or now. Burns. Yeah, I don't know if I ever get to Burns. Technic- maybe, I mean, if he's playing Valero, maybe, but that's more Spieth's category. But I think those guys have the ability to go low and maybe sneak leaderboard, maybe sneak out a win. 
Um, I don't know if a big name takes this one this week, and I don't really want to risk it. Yeah, I, I'm just laughing because I think our winners picks last week were what Homa, Lowry, and JT. JT and this week it's Bradley, your, maybe. Yeah, it's your Wyndham Clark and Justin Suh versus do better versus my Ben Griffin and Zach Johnson. So we are you didn't save Zach Johnson for John Deere Classic. No, I didn't. I don't think he's playing in John Deere this year. He didn't play it last year. Um, I assume he would. I, I don't think Zach Johnson is going to play John Deere. I'll find I'll find somebody else for John Deere. I'll, I'll make Stryker. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking about for John Deere if he plays it this year. Uh, but, yeah, I, again, I, I love Ben Griffin this week. I think I have, I have Ben Griffin as a winner, a bet, and in both lineups, which, according to Jack's calculations, is usually, <laughs> usually a bad sign. You ever get those bets uh, or, like, notifications from DraftKings? Public bet alert, 98% of bets are on Bulls minus two, and I'm like, oh, God, oh, here we go. Here it comes. Yep, you just know the heartbreak is due, but I'm uh, I'm riding I'm riding the Ben Griffin train this week, uh, and I need a good week out of him. If Ben Griffin is on the leaderboard, I am probably winning money. Whew. Well, fingers crossed for that one. It'll be an interesting week. As always, we try to get these on social media as quickly as we can. My extra bets will also be available most likely Wednesday morning for a lot of socials. Twitter might get them beforehand, so definitely go drop us a follow. Turn Dog Golf. You can find it on all platforms. So go check us out. Comment, I work remote, like, whatever, shoot me a DM. I'm here, so I'll respond to you. I love talking golf. Keep, keep an eye out on the TikToks. Those have kind of been uh, peaking some interest. We've been getting a, a steady flow of viewership on those. Uh, keep Keeps things fun and exciting. And and Jack loves to, to trash talk anybody for, for discounting his bets on, on TikTok, especially when he proves them all wrong. Yeah, okay. Every time someone talks trash <laughs> about him, they end up winning. So just come on, bring it on, bring it on. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Take a look, calculate it. Over 50 units up in nine weeks of this crap. So how about you shut up? Uh, all right, everybody. Have a good one. Enjoy golf this week. Enjoy March Madness. I'm going to say it. I know Jack won't, but enjoy March Madness. Enjoy golf. Let's go make some money. We'll see you next week. Deuces. <laughs>